Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys. We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing today? I do. Do you? Sacrilegious book club! That's the one. Even though it's not Sunday. Right. This is a day, two days? Two, two days. days early. Mm-hmm. Um, because we finished up First Chronicles chapter, well, First Chronicles. We finished yes. up First Chronicles yesterday. And so we're doing this ahead of time so that we can stick to our Saturday Q&A. Q&A Saturday. Right. And then we'll do our wrap-ups for the, the First Chronicles here this weekend. So Yeah. All right. And, um, and we'll play the You're Always Wrong Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
That's my favorite. I really need like a musician to be like, all right, I'm gonna make you a little ditty for each of these things. I'm, and all you gotta I'm do is all you gotta, no, all you gotta do is fill in the vocals for it, so that oh, way we could like have okay. like a little ditty for it, you know? Okay. I just I don't know any musicians, so. Are you saying that I'm not good enough? Like what I'm doing isn't good enough? No, I'm not saying that. I just thought it'd be fun to have like a little official, you know, jingle, you know, for it. That's all. Whatever. I'm, I'm you're, just maybe you're maybe not. I guess you don't want one. You you're know? hurting so, my feelings. No, I. I, just, I like I thought it was, just, I, all. I, I just thought it would be fun. Look, I made these up on the fly. You did, like mid on air. You're acting like these are like some sort of like um, genius thing. I'm not. I'm saying I have fun and I enjoy oh, okay. them, and you're taking it from me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take it from you. Don't take. You it did from a great me. job. You're I do, did. You're doing a great job. I know, right? You should keep coming up with new jingles later on if we have new sections. Yeah. Yeah. I will do it. Just keep doing it. So anyway. Yeah. Today you need to silence your fucking phone. I do. I do. And then we are going over uh, the first or no the second section of a treasury of Jewish folklore. Stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people. Okay. Edited by Nathan Osubel. And the first section was Jewish Salt. We did that last week. Yeah. Today we're getting into Heroes. Heroes, huh? Mm-hmm. Now, Heroes is broken down into several sections. Okay? okay. The first one is Wise Men. Wise Men. And that's what we're talking about today. Okay. Okay. Wise Men. Heroes who are wise men. The Got wise it. men who are heroes. Is Solomon a wise man? I'm not there yet. Okay. Okay. Got it. So uh, we're ready to go ahead and get on into it then? We are. All right. Let's go learn about these uh, heroes. Who are wise wise men. men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hulk High Heroes. <laughs> You're just never going to stop doing that, are you? Mm, I Is it like going to be it. like another month or two or like another week or two? It might be a year. I hope. I like it. Do you? It's fun. You? I mean, it's not, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just like. I never know I'm doing it until it's out of my mouth and I'm like, oh, I guess <laughs> I said that again. It's okay. fun. Got it. Okay, so today we are getting into heroes. Yeah. Part two, section two. Why is heroes? And um, there's an intro to this section. Is there? On page 28. Okay. So I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from that intro, and that pretty much summarizes the whole intro. Okay. Okay? Yeah. First, he says, the pursuit of virtue as a heroic quest is a fundamental tradition in Jewish life and lore. Okay. Which we kind of know that. Sure. And the next thing he says, the righteous, the wise man, is the hero. 
not the warrior who sheds human blood. Well, tell that to David. Uh, We'll mention that in the very next quote I lifted, which is, the folklorist of the Midrash, and remember that's a supplement to the Torah. Got it, yeah. Almost, okay, so the folklorist of the Midrash almost gloss over the exploits of Samuel, wait, Oh, it changed. The editing changed my word to Samsung, and that's not right. (laughs) Samson. It should say Samson. All right. Almost gloss over the exploits of Samson. They glow with more genuine excitement over David, the sweet singer of Zion, than over David, the slayer of the giant Goliath, Mm. or David, the triumphant warrior king. Right, right. So when we're reading the Bible itself, yeah, they're like, talking about the great bloodshedding warriors right, right but then when we get into the supplemental material that the jewish people have written over the years they're more concerned about the other stuff yeah the, the brains wise things the brains the brains not the brawn got it okay yeah so i thought i thought it was funny that you mentioned david because that's the specific example that he gave right right okay so then we get into the first part of heroes which is wise men and there are several other types. There are also holy men, miracles, and fighters and strong men. Okay. okay so there's yeah. four total sections under wise men. Got it. Okay, but today we're just dealing, or I'm sorry, under heroes. Right. But today we're just dealing with wise men. Okay. There's an intro to that one as well. Okay. Got it. So an intro within the intro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. The wise man has always been the ideal of Jewish tradition to a considerable degree The wise man resembles the Greek conception of the philosopher. Knowledge and reason lead him to wisdom. Then there's a whole list of positive attributes that you should try to attain. Um, You should be educated. You should have knowledge of the Torah. You should be virtuous, righteous, have a passion for truth, possess genuine piety, love people, and seek justice. Other than a couple of those, mainly the knowledge of the Torah... And mm-hmm. piety. Um, most of those apply to like atheists. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's one thing you can say about the Jewish people is that you could sit down with their rabbis and have these discussions and ask the questions, and they, generally speaking, wouldn't be offended because they They're are of a philosoph- philosophical bent. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. So he goes on to say, Jewish tradition could see little merit in the saint who chose to prove his virtue by living alone in the wilderness. Likewise with the scholar, it was not enough that he sought knowledge and understanding for his own illumination. Possession of them imposed upon him the higher obligation to share them with others. So it's not just enough to be in this position of wanting to learn more. Once you learn it, you have to go give it to other people. Got it. And that's why to be a scholar is also to be a teacher. And the teachers did not teach for gain, but earned their livelihood in other ways at various trades and callings. So they did the teaching part for free because mm-hmm. that they weren't supposed to accept accolades and money for it. Right. So you would have somebody who's like the greatest teacher and scholar in the land, and he was like a shoemaker. Yeah. Like something very humble. Right. Okay, so continuing on. In a world in which the homeless and driven Jew was forced by his enemies to become a despised huckster of material goods, he discovered by experience 
that learning was the only merchandise that had enduring value. It could neither be lost nor stolen nor snatched from him by violence, as in the case of his material chattels. Yeah, that's true. Like, you you can't take the sky from me, you know? Right, right. <laughs> that song from uh, Firefly's anthem. Yeah, right. Like, I just, I, I really love that. It's kind of cool, you know? Yep. So, next we are going to get into the first um, 15 pages or so. There's like 70 pages of wise men. Got okay? it. Okay, stories yep. under that section. Okay. And so, I split them into 15-page increments so that I wasn't having to read all of them at once. Okay. So, we'll be doing this section for the next couple weeks. Got it. Okay. So, the first story that I have bookmarked is... It is Grief in Moderation on page 38. Okay. When the temple was destroyed by Titus the Wicked, there were among Jews many, particularly Pharisees, who took a vow never again to eat meat or drink wine. Why don't you eat meat and drink wine? Rabbi Joshua asked them. They lamented, How can we eat flesh that formerly was brought as a sacrifice upon the temple altar when now we may no longer sacrifice? How can we drink wine which the priests used to pour upon the temple altar when now we no longer have any altar? Well, in that case, argued Rabbi Joshua, we shouldn't eat any bread either because since the destruction of the temple, sacrifices of flour also have been abolished. Right. You're right, they answered. We can substitute fruit for bread. How can we eat fruit? Rabbi Joshua asked. <laughs> the first fruits were also brought to Jerusalem for the temple's use. And now that such offerings have been abolished, we shouldn't eat them. Right. Possibly. You just probably shouldn't eat. That's where this is going. <laughs> Possibly we could eat fruits from which offerings did not have to be made, ventured the Pharisees. Let's stop drinking water, Rabbi Joshua continued, <laughs> because the water libation for the altar has also been abolished. At this, the Pharisees fell silent. They did not know what to answer. Seeing that he had brought them back to reason, Rabbi Joshua said to them, My children, pay heed to what I'm going to tell you. It would be impossible to expect us not to grieve, for indeed a bitter fate has befallen us. However, one must not indulge too much in grief. It is wrong to impose upon the Jewish people burdens that they cannot bear. Yeah. I just thought that was lovely and, you know, don't wallow in self-pity kind of thing. Right, right. Like I, can... I wish it was that simple to convince people. Right. Because, you know, you can have those logical arguments with people, but generally speaking, unless it does involve their life ending or something mm -hmm. as dramatic, they're not going to listen to you. No. But like, you, you, you know, when having discussions like that with people, generally they still won't change their mind, though. No, but I think the thing is not to try to change someone else's mind, but to try to change your own mind. Right. And that's right. what these no, tools and I, are for. No, I think that if you're able to ask yourself questions like that and examine your own beliefs and your own systems, that's where that is helpful. That type of thinking mm -hmm. is helpful. But don't expect it to always work convincing other people. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that goes along with any self-help, though. Like, my ex-mom-in-law used to throw self-help books at me left and right. And yeah. I'm like, who the fuck are you? You are all kinds of messed up. You cannot... 
Like you have nothing to offer me. It's not for another person to decide your self-help journey for you. Because once I started picking out my own books and finding my own things that helped me through my troubles, whatever yeah. they were at that time, I was able to find things to apply to myself. So I think it's a fool who reads self-help and tries to apply it to other people. Right. And that's, I think, what he's getting at here, too, is help yourself, but, you know, don't be an idiot about it. Right, right. I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into it, but that's, I just enjoyed it. I liked that. Sure. No, it's good. Okay. On page 39, we have a little ditty called The Virtue of the Commonplace. A rabbi once had a dispute with a Jew-baiting theologian. Said the latter, you Jews brag about your world mission and are proud of the fact that you are God's chosen people. Yet everybody tramples you underfoot. Aren't you deceiving yourselves? The rabbi replied, when our father Jacob fled before the wrath, the wrath of Esau, God appeared to him in a dream and said, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. What may I ask brings greater use to man than the earth. Just the same men do trample it underfoot. I don't really know. I mean, okay. But I, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Right. That's kind of what I was like, well, okay, fair enough. And that's what a lot of these are, these wisdomy things. They're they're just like food for thought or it is what it is or right. just do your best yeah. kind of things. But I, I kind of like them. Yeah. Okay, the next one is on the same page, and it is The Consecration of Eliezer. El Eliezer? El Eliezer. That's what I'm going to call him. The Consecration of Eliezer. Eliezer ben Hyrcanos wished to become a scholar, but his father, who was a wealthy landowner, would not let him. He forced him to work in the field side by side with his farm laborers. Once Eliezer was sent to plow a field in which there were many rocks, after working for a while, he sat down exhausted on one of the rocks and wept. Why do you cry? asked his father. If this work is too hard, you can begin working tomorrow in another field, which has already been plowed. On the following morning, Eliezer was put to work in the field that had already been plowed. He had barely begun to work when he started to weep. Why do you weep now? his father asked. I want to study the Torah, replied Eliezer. What nonsense is this? cried his father impatiently. You're already 28 years old and it's too late for you to become a scholar. Better get married. Then your wife will bear you sons whom you will send to school and they will become scholars. For three weeks, Eliezer grieved over his father's refusal to let him become a scholar. Then one night, the prophet Elijah appeared to him in a dream mm. saying, go to Jerusalem and find Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai. He will teach you. Eliezer left home without telling anyone. He arrived in Jerusalem, tired and a stranger, not knowing a soul there. He asked where Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai lived and went to his home. Then he sat down at the door and waited. As Rabbi Yohanan looked out of the window, he saw a young man sitting at his door and shedding tears. Why do you weep? he asked. I weep because my heart breaks with longing to study the Torah. Whose son are you? Eliezer did not answer. What learning do you already have? None. Rabbi Yohanan then began to teach Eliezer the Shema, to say grace at meals, and to pray. In addition, he taught him two sections of the Mishnah daily. Eight days he studied in this fashion, and all this time Eliezer did not eat. He was penniless and too proud to ask for alms. 
Because he had not eaten for so long, his breath became unpleasant, and Rabbi Yohanan found this very offensive. <laughs> so he dismissed Eliezer as a student. Mm. But Eliezer would not leave, and he sat outside the door. When Rabbi Yohanan passed by Eliezer, he reproached him, Why did you drive me? Oh, Eliezer reproached him, Why did you drive me away as though I were a leper? Whose son are you? Rabbi Yohanan demanded. I'm the son of Hyrcanos, Eliezer at last confessed. What? cried Rabbi Yohanan in amazement. Why didn't you tell me that you belong to the great family of Hyrcanos? You must come in with me and partake of my hospitality. Wait, he didn't like him, so he kicked him out, but then he's like, oh, you're part of that family? Uh-huh. Okay. I've already eaten, Eliezer said, answered. It says answered, but it should say he lied. Right. <laughs> Secretly... Rabbi Yohanan made inquiry at his lodging and was told Eliezer had not eaten for eight days. When he heard this, Rabbi Yohanan rent his garments and cried, Woe to you, poor Eliezer, who blundered into our midst, and we were not even concerned with your desperate need. But because you have suffered so much, your glory will reign from one end of the world to the other. What? Because you suffered. Yay, but he put suffering. it on himself. I know. Okay. <laughs> Because he was too proud to ask. Yeah, but that's dumb. He let his pride kill him, that's... and he got prizes for it. <sighs> in the meantime, during Eliezer's absence in Jerusalem, his brothers persuaded their father to disinherit him. In order to legalize this, Hyrcanos journeyed to Jerusalem. As soon as he arrived, he went to the house of Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai and found there a great festival in progress. The most eminent men of the land were present. When Hyrcanos entered, he was invited to sit in their midst. Then Rabbi Joshua ben Hanai and Rabbi Simon ben Nathaniel went to Rabbi Yohanan and whispered, The wealthy Hyrcanos, Eliezer's father, is here. Mm. In that case, Rabbi Yohanan replied, find a place for Eliezer at the same table. <laughs> and so Eliezer was seated among the men of eminence. Then Rabbi Yohanan addressed him, saying, Honor us with a discourse of the Torah. How can I, Rabbi? Not I, not I, answered Eliezer. I may be likened to a well that cannot give forth more water than it possesses. How can I expound the Torah when I know no more than what I have learned from you? A good student like you may be compared to an inexhaustible spring that gushes forth fresh water from its own source, said Rabbi Yohanan. Three times Rabbi Yohanan asked Eliezer to expound the Torah. Still, Eliezer held back. Suspecting that his presence was overawing him, Rabbi Yohanan left the room. Eliezer then began to discourse, mm. and as he did so, his face shone like the sun. <laughs> After a while, Rabbi Joshua ben Haniah and Rabbi Simon ben Nathaniel went without to look for Rabbi Yohanan. Come and hear how Eliezer discourses before the multitude and observe how his face shines like the sun, they said to him. Then Rabbi Yohanan returned with them and kissing Eliezer on the forehead, he exclaimed, Blessed are you, O Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because from your loins has sprung such an illustrious son as Eliezer. Now Eliezer's father, Hyrcanos, failed to recognize his son. Mm. It's only been a couple of weeks, so I'm not sure why. <laughs> Has but, it only been a couple of weeks? I mean, he learned for eight days before he got kicked out. And then when he got invited back in, he got to eat and 
was invited to, um, you know, speak at this thing. Okay. So I actually, I think, was rounding up by saying a couple weeks. Got it. Got it. So again, it's only been a couple weeks. I don't know why his dado couldn't recognize him. Right. But right. okay. Maybe it's because his face was so fucking shiny. Yeah, that could be it. Who is that young man whom Rabbi Yohanan praises so highly? He asked. Why, he is your own son, Eliezer, they told him. Blessed am I to have such a son, he exclaimed with joy. And he rose to his feet out of respect for his son, who continued to discourse. Seeing his father standing before him, Eliezer halted in his words and said, Oh, my father, how can I sit and hold discourse while you stand? And Eliezer seated his father next to himself. When the discourse was over, Hyrkanos said to Eliezer, My son, I must confess that I came here with the object of disinheriting you, but now I am ready to make you my only heir and disinherit your greedy brothers instead. <laughs> and Eliezer answered, No, father, I want nothing that belongs to my brothers. I did not ask the Almighty for gold or estates. I have only implored him to give me the opportunity to devote myself to the study of the Torah. And this bless blessing, praised be he, I have already been granted. I am happy now and want nothing else. The end. That was a dumb story. Right, but but Elijah was in it and told him, Yeah, Go and then he and had learn. a vision. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But like, the guy was stupid the whole way I through. I mean, yeah, he and, was stupid. Like, just... It's true. I, I didn't like that Everybody one. Everybody was stupid in that one. Even right? the rabbi. Like, your breath stinks. You're fired. Right. What? Oh, but you're part of a rich family. Never mind. You're rehired. Yeah. Oh, you came here to disinherit me? Never mind. I'm going to disinherit myself. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, like, what? The father there, was dumb. Was the there, son was dumb. The rabbi was dumb. Was Everybody was dumb. Was there any point to that at all? Um, Learning is good. And Always be learning. And brush your teeth and eat regularly. I, I guess. Okay. So the next story. Wait, 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 no, it was it was basically the Torah is is all you need. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it was. Yeah, sounds yeah. like a song. The Torah is all you need. All you need is Torah. <laughs> <laughs> all you need is Torah. All you need is Torah. There you go. Torah is all you need. Yep. Okay. So the next one is on page forty-three. The parable of the two gems. Okay. Once, after he had listened to his counselor, Nicholas, de Nicholas of Valencia, speaking evil against the Jews, King Don Pedro was very much perplexed in his own mind. There is a wise man among the Jews, whose name is Ephraim Sancho, the king recalled. Bring him to me. So they brought Ephraim Sancho before the king. Which faith is superior, yours or ours? The king sternly demanded of Ephraim. When Ephraim heard the king's question, he was thrown into confusion and said to himself, Be wary, for the enemies of Israel have laid a trap for you in order to do you harm. Mm. But to the king, he said, Our faith, O king, suits us better, for when we were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, our God, by means of many wondrous signs and miracles, led us out of the land of bondage into freedom. For you Christians, however... Your own faith is the better because by its means you have been able to establish your rule over most of the earth. <laughs> when King Pedro heard this, he was vexed. I did not ask you what benefits each religion brings to its believers, he said. What I want to know is which are superior, your or our own precepts. 
And again, Ephraim Sancho was thrown into confusion. He said to himself, If I tell the king that the precepts of his religion are superior to mine, I shall have denied the God of my fathers and shall therefore deserve all the punishments of Gehenna. On the other hand, should I tell them that the precepts of my religion excel his, he will be sure to have me burned at the stake. But to the king, Ephraim said, if it please the king, let me ponder his question carefully for three days, for it requires much reflection. Smart. At the end of the third day, I will come to him with my answer. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to think I gotta, about this. Yes. Hang on, That's hang a tough on. Tough question, hang on. man. Tough yeah. question. And King Pedro said, let it be as you say. And for the three days that followed, the spirit of Ephraim was rent within him. He neither ate nor slept, but put on sackcloth and ashes and prayed for divine guidance. But when the time arrived for him to see the king, he put all fear aside and went to the palace with his answer. Hmm. When Ephraim Sancho came before the king, he looked downcast. Why are you so sad? The king asked him. I am sad with good reason, for without any cause whatsoever, I was humiliated today, answered Ephraim. I will let you be my judge in this matter, O king. Speak, said King Don Pedro. Ephraim Sancho then began, A month ago to this day, a neighbor of mine, a jeweler, went on a distant journey. Before he departed, in order to preserve the peace between his two bickering sons while he was away, he gave each of them a gift of a costly gem. But only today the two brothers came to me and said, O oh, Ephraim, give us the value of these gems and judge which is the superior of the two. <laughs> I replied, Your father himself is a great artist and an expert on precious stones. Why don't you ask him? Surely he will give you a better judgment than I. When they heard this, they became enraged. They abused and beat me. Judge, O king, whether my grievance is just. Those rogues have mistreated you without cause, cried the king, unable to fucking apply right. the parable to himself. Yeah. They deserve to be punished for this outrage. Oh, my God. When Ephraim Sancho heard the king speak thus, he rejoiced. O king, he exclaimed, may your ears hear the words your own mouth has spoken, for they are true and just. Know that such two brothers as these were Esau and Jacob, and each of them received for his own happiness a priceless gem. You have asked me, O king, which of the two gems is superior. How can I give you a proper answer? Send a messenger to the only expert of these gems, our father in heaven. Let him tell you which is the better. When King Pedro heard Ephraim Sancho speak thus, he marveled greatly. Behold, Nicholas, he said to his counselor, Consider the wisdom of this Jew. Since he has spoken justly, then justice shall be done to him. He deserves not rebuke and harm, but respect and honor. You, however, deserve to be punished, for you have spoken nothing but evil slanders against the Jews. Hmm. So he told off for the guy. He, got, he did good. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one, yeah? Yeah, it was a good one. Hey. It was, good, it was a good analogy, a good, you know. Parable. Yeah, parable. That's okay. what I meant. The next one is God's Delicacy, on page 46. Okay. The emperor once said to Rabbi Gamaliel, Your God is a thief. Why did he make Adam fall asleep and then steal a rib from him? Right? That was bullshit, man. I know, right? The emperor's daughter interrupted and said to Rabbi Gamaliel, 
Let me answer my father. Mm. Then, turning to the emperor, she said, Call a judge. What do you need a judge for? The emperor asked in surprise. Thieves entered my apartment at night, the princess replied. They stole a silver jug, but in its place they left one made of gold. <laughs> May such robberies occur every night, laughed the emperor. <laughs> well then, cried the princess, didn't such good fortune happen to Adam? God stole from him a rib, but in its place he left him a devoted wife. In my opinion, rejoined the emperor, it was wrong of God to make Adam fall asleep. If he wanted to take his rib, he shouldn't have done it stealthily. Father, cried the princess, order that a chunk of meat be brought. Wonderingly, the emperor did as she asked. The princess then took the raw meat and in the presence of her father, put it into the hot ashes to roast. When it was ready for serving, she said to him, there now, father, eat the meat. But the emperor shuddered with disgust and refused to eat. He had first seen the meat when it was raw and after that when it was still covered with ashes. It nauseates me, he cried. There, you see, said the princess triumphantly, had Adam been awake and seen how God cut out his rib and created a, a woman from it, he would have been forever nauseated at the sight of her. <laughs> forever. Forever. <laughs> I just thought that one was funny. Right. Okay. I think this is the last one of this section that we are going to read. Okay. And it begins on page 46. All right. It's called The Cave of Simon Bar-Yohai. Mm, that's a name. That's a big name. Simon Bar-Yohai. Mm-hmm. I got that right. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Once Rabbi Simon Bar-Yohai and other scholars were disputing over the matter of Roman rule in Palestine. Rabbi Simon said, Whatever improvements the Romans have made, they have made for their own benefit only, to facilitate the carrying out of their wicked designs. They have made baths to cleanse their own bodies. Not baths. They have built bridges in order to collect tolls. Oh my God, not bridges. But to collect tolls. Well, okay. And they have established markets for the purchase of slaves. That's bad. See? That, he's saying that they've all made, they've made all these things, but they were only in order to further bad stuff. Right, right. When this became known to the authorities that he was talking this shit, yeah. the Roman governor sentenced Simon to death. Rabbi Simon and Rabbi Eliezer, his son, fled to a cave. This is a different Eliezer. Got it. Miraculously, there appeared a carob tree and a spring of fresh water. So they cast off their clothing, embedded themselves in the sand up to their necks, and studied Torah all day long. <laughs> in this manner, they lived in the cave for 12 years. Jesus. One day, seeing that a bird had repeatedly escaped the net set for it by a hunter, Simon and his son were encouraged to leave the cavern taking the escape of the bird as an omen that God would not forsake them. When they stood outside the cavern, Elijah the prophet came to them and said, Who can inform Simon Bar-Yohai that Caesar is dead, that his decree is null, and that they are free? In the great pilgrimage to the tomb of Rabbi Simon, they still sing this song. Mm, okay. The story will never die of Rabbi Simon Bar-Yohai. From the day of his birth, blessed was his name on earth, the brightest shining star of Galilee. In a cave he lay hidden, by Roman law forbidden, our Rabbi Bar Yohai. In the Torah he found his guide, with spring and carob tree by his side, our Rabbi Bar Yohai. Mm, it's a mm. great song. Right? Yeah. 
I didn't put it to tune because it was just good right. enough on its own. Sure. Yeah. So what do you think of our wise men who are heroes thus far? I mean, <laughs> they, any sentence that starts with, I mean, they weren't overly impressive. No, it was just, you know, fun ish, sort of some little gems of yeah. wisdom. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't some little gems of wisdom, maybe. Um, but but overall, it was. It's better than reading the Bible. Yeah. Like, you know, at least there's some, it's fun mm-hmm. somewhat, but uh, definitely when they base stuff on, I, I don't know, it's all based on, on God and, and, and the Torah and, mm-hmm. and what have you. And so there's a lot of bullshit in here still too. Right. So. But I like their sense of humor about it a lot Yeah, no, that's, that's, I'm appreciating that. That's, that's yeah. good. I, that, that's the part that makes it tolerable. I am enjoying these way more than you are. I you, think. you are. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Well, hopefully our listeners are enjoying them as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I I think that they're I think they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Jesus, he's just all right with me. I mean, Jesus is non-existent to me, but No, you know, I know. Yeah. I know. It's so, a song though. Right, no, I know. Okay. All right. Well, that was our show for today, and uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with Saturday Q&A or wait, no. That's <laughs> wait. Yeah. I thought it was Q&A Saturday. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. I said it backwards. Anyway. Okay, let me try it again. Yeah, try it again. Q&A Saturday. Yeah. And then also our wrap-up of First Chronicles. Yep. And then on Sunday, we'll have our You're Always Wrong. As well as our weekly replay. Yep. Yep. And then we'll be back on Monday with... Our first episode of Second Chronicles. All right, guys. We'll see you then. Yep. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.